to spiritual travels of a fire wolf. I haven't been I haven't been around in a while, but I've been around a lot. <laughs> I've been around the whole United States, in fact, uh, back and forth. And uh, I haven't been, I, I, I committed to a tarot card series and I backed out on it. Why? Because I needed space to observe. I needed space to see what was going on in LA. I am no longer out there. I'm back in Austin, Texas as of Monday of this week. This episode will be coming out if you're listening on a Friday. I had to kind of shake things up a little bit. I had to take a month to really, really think things through, and I feel like I didn't want to be disappointed by telling the world my business as I deciphered my way through Los Angeles. I had a lot of really good opportunities, ones that at at certain points in my life and for many comics would have considered the ultimate opportunities in stand-up comedy. I don't feel like I failed them. I feel like the world is changing and because of that I had to really stop and think things through. I'm laying down on an air mattress right now. I took a bath and I was like, I'm just going to talk out my thoughts. I'll pause the podcast if I need to. Um, I just got to take a deep breath. Because there's a lot going on in the world and the world of stand-up comedy. And I, it's been such a whirlwind, a whirlwind ride that I was like, oh, I'm just going to talk it out. I've jotted down some notes and thinking things through right now so this is kind of the first time I'm kind of getting it out in a real way like a real real way um it's good to be back in Austin I did stand up this week just open mics face some fears recognized why I'm here and why I made the decision to leave a hostess position at the laugh factory Um, kind of abruptly and there were reasons that I won't really discuss on here just because there's you know there's no other information about about why I made that decision but I made a very personal decision based on a huge lesson that I learned in the car accident I had on February 28th which was I have to put my safety first. I have to put my physical body first, which is something I think a lot of comics we don't do. And uh, it's a long process of learning that our bodies matter. And I think that's why addiction is so prevalent in the comedy community. I think that's why people die very suddenly. Um, and death is a huge part of the comedy community 
you know, another huge piece of why I left LA was because of the vaccines, which I'll get to in a bit. And a lot of people could argue, well, death, COVID, and why are you not taking the vaccine? And that was a huge piece of living in Los Angeles. But the week prior to me moving, New York City went into the key to the city sort of state. And I do feel like there's a slippery slope approaching in humanity if it hasn't already. Australia is going through a lot of very weird changes. New Zealand is going through a lot of weird changes. These are both places I've lived and I don't necessarily think that if we don't recognize this right now, and I saw a lot of stuff going on in LA, there's a lot of places I was not allowed to go into in LA, and I knew it was just a matter of time. That and, you know, being told, you know, I'm not funny enough, and really having to sit with that and say, you know what, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not funny enough for it, for LA, but I'm still a comic, and I don't have any credits to my name. In LA, you do need that. You do need the heat. It does bring the spotlight, but not getting the door spot at the comedy store, and then, you know, the changes that I saw there with going from needing the negative COVID test and or the vaccine card to becoming a vaxxed only club same thing with other clubs there knowing that it was just a matter of time before the fullness of the city would become fax card entry being told that i was not the level of funny and just and then also you know if you're practicing comedy and paying for open mics and still trying to keep a roof over my head, I said, you know, maybe in 2018, it um, this would have been different if I were still, you know, if this opportunities were still present, but because we're in this time right now, it's really time to pack up and really recognize, look myself in the mirror and say, maybe you are not, you know, I could be an open micer for the rest of my life and that's totally fine. And I have to sit with that truth. (laughs) Like, I have to sit with that truth and be like, all right, I've had some really cool opportunities. Uh, I'm going to still try and get funnier and funnier as I go. I hopefully will write a nice joke every once in a while. Um, But this is where I'm at. And you know, my priorities have changed. You know, I'm 35 years old. Eventually, I do want to be a mom. Eventually, I do want to have a family. And do I want to keep clawing for two minutes and some recognition of, of clean comedy to audition for people who don't think I'm funny? Or, you know... Do I want to create something uh, that'll just be my own and maybe it'll take some time. Maybe I'll work at a grocery store for the rest of my life. Uh, 
or wait tables or who knows what the COVID world's going to be. But, you know, also say I've learned something about myself along this whole journey, because to me, this is, this is my comedy journey and every comedy journey looks different. You know, some people blow up overnight and are, have an act. I mean, I've seen people who are 10 years younger than me pop on stage, have an amazing act, have that beautiful look and pop through immediately. You know, it's just easy. Uh, And then there's people like me who have to maybe face the music and say, you know what? This is what I am. And for some reason, I was led to this section of my life. I, I am openly honest that I have, you know, suicidal ideations. I am, I went through a very deep period of depression last week as I was leaving. Um, and what helped me and what has always helped me is driving alone and looking at nature and appreciating the journey. And so that's what I did. I drove from, I actually canceled four shows at Madhouse Comedy Club. So shout out to them. But another piece that I realized is, you know, we're, we're scratching and clawing for these, these gigs. And I had to be extremely honest with myself. Now, comics who are listening might get upset and say, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. And I, oh boy, do I, like, I freaking understand what I'm about to say because I've been one of those people. I have driven hours for gigs that have maybe given me a drink ticket, maybe given me gas money. And I gave up four spots at a comedy club, uh, mainly because I was assessing my finances and I was assessing the overall picture and I was assessing, you know, what did I learn when I lost my car in the car accident when I drove 16 hours in the winter to do 30 minutes and headline a bar show in Utah, in Morgan, Utah? What did I learn about that gig because I was like, oh, I can't give up gigs. I can't give up gigs. I can't give up gigs. And then I lost my vehicle, which was also, you know, how I made my money with, uh, you know, doing Postmates. So, and it was my shelter um, and my podcast studio. <laughs> um, I realized that I had the chance to do that right. And so one of the, I'm being super honest and I might get in big trouble, but I wasn't on the, the show flyer, which is not a, not a big deal. I always, I, I always promote ticket sales and my own show. I don't have a name. I don't have the following. Like I understand that, but when you're renting a car and then also probably having to get an Airbnb and also like they were paying me with food and drinks, which is back in the day, back in 2018, 2019, before this all went down, I would have been like, fuck yeah, like I'll make the most of it. And I have done that. But now that I recognize this is the decision you made, 
when you lost your car? How can you do you right now? What do you really need to do you? And so I was like, I actually, I had a show flyer out that I had made myself. Um, I put the tickets, promoted ticket sales, and I was like, I'll just do this. I'll meet people. I'll network. And I was told instead of it being a feature spot, which was the original deal, the original, um, you know, when I had booked this back in June, I was told, no, actually it's a, a guest spot, showcase spot, which is also back in the day would have been something where I was like, totally fine. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this opportunity, all this stuff. And I've, I've always been somebody that was like, never say no. Any no could lead to, you know, never doing comedy again, all these kinds of things. But what I realized is I need to say no in this moment. And I realized it a couple days before the show when I was getting the car ready and just viscerally uh, something happened at a, a job that I was at that I really, really loved. And I was doing really well at and making friends and something happened there where I was like, you know what, if this had blown up into a big situation, people could have really gotten hurt. And I recognized this from a very deep level and said, this is, this is the second time something like this in your life has happened. And you need to ask yourself where your safe is. And you actually have to let yourself be safe here and secure and know that you have to put yourself first even though this job seems like it was putting yourself first but really at the end of the day it's not at the end of the day it's an old way of how stand-up was it's like a museum in a way to see that the game is changing that I'm I love LA I love the weather and the palm trees I think it's a dirty dingy place there's a lot of homeless people but so are there, you know, Austin's the same way. Um, I think the whole country is going to experience a lot of seeing that in our, in the next few years, even more prevalent in the next few years. But I had to realize as I was searching for apartments and just under a smidgen under what would qualify me for getting my own studio, which in LA was the same thing. It's a closet with a bathroom, which is fine. I can haul up in there, make the sacrifices I need to. I was taking the bus to an Airbnb and I was like working. I worked a couple different jobs while I was there and just things weren't feeling right, but I was still saying, push through it. This is how comics make it. Push through it 
and my intuition would be like, something's just off. Something is just off. I can't put it into words. And then the vaccine mandate started, or the vaccine started getting pushed more and more and more. Friends of mine were being given ultimatums at their jobs on if you don't have, you know, the vaccine by this date, you'll be let go. And to me, that's the bigger issue that's going on, that it's like we feel this fundamental change, but what are we going to do about it? And and there are people who, who were cheering this on, and I understand that, and I can't be mad at that. And I get it. And old me, before I worked in, in the labs that I did, would have been cheering it on as well. But I've seen some bullshit, and I know a lot of bullshit about how labs work from the inside, how science works from the inside. It's not all hearts and flowers, and I'm not a PhD, and I don't have an MD, but I do have intuition. And I find it very interesting that people will you know, book me for readings about love. But if I do speak out and say, hey guys, something's up with this fax. Like, let's watch and learn from like what's going on from history. Uh, it, it becomes a very like no uh, situation. So a lot of reasons went into why I left Austin. I know I left off with the tarot card uh, series at the devil card and believe me the week that 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 episode would have came out was definitely a week for that card and I I I absolutely know that I'm not mad at myself for stepping back but I also know that commitments are so important and from an outsider's perspective looking into what I do and how I've been going at my comedy life this year, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what in the hell is this person doing? Like, can't you just live in a city and pick a city and settle down and just suck it up and do it? And it's like, I know I get it. (laughs) Believe me, do I get it? Do I wish I could just have a perfect, you know, resume and choices, but I, I am following my intuition here. And if I hadn't gone to LA to try for the comedy store or work at another club, which I am so grateful for, by the way, if you're in LA and you want to see a comedy show, go to the Laugh Factory. They are supporting comedy in a, in a way that makes me want to cry because it's so wonderful. It was such a wonderful job. It was such a wonderful crew. It was such a wonderful experience. I will never say anything other than that because I needed that lesson. I needed to see how an LA comedy club worked from from start to finish of the night and you know how crowds responded to comics and how 
comics at that level worked out their sets and seeing people follow each other one by one by one, that's the education I needed. And it made me sad that I couldn't sit in the back of the comedy store because I'm not even allowed to enter their, the building. Um, and the improv also, they allowed me to sit in the back sometimes as well. So I do want to say thank you to the crew there. And, you know, I tried my best to be always very careful. I always wore masks when I worked in the clubs. I always wore a mask in open mics and shows. Uh, When I ate, I never ate. Like, if I ever ate out or got coffee, I always went to a place with an outdoor seating area. I tried my absolute best to, to follow what I thought was respectful on a humanity level. Um, but I couldn't say I, I felt like a human. <laughs> I felt like a heathen. I felt like, uh, you know, I knew a lot of people that, that weren't vaxxed. I know a lot of people that aren't, that are not, you know, following to the T that I was trying to do. And that's okay too. Like, But I do have a lot of questions, and I don't like where this is going for all of us. So this is just kind of an update. I am in Austin, and let me just see if this... I am on a blow-up mattress and whatever. There we go. I did. I tried to to be as honest as possible so I laid down on this air mattress um so this will be part one welcome to part two of the spiritual travels of a firewolf I do want to say that synchronicity is a real thing I stopped also doing readings I go back and forth you know because I'm so sensitive and because I feel like I need to be as responsible as possible I knew that my last month in LA was really challenging and it I I even didn't really have anywhere that I could record a podcast and I was solely focused on the clubs it was like an obsession working at a club like being there as much as I could really just being obsessive and I was really grateful I want to say that I want to put that as a main recognition is how grateful of the time that I got to spend in LA what I recognize right now is there is a certain codependency that comes along with comedy clubs and and certain things in every single comedy scene. And I wanted to be that way. I wanted to fit in so desperately. Like, I was just like... I my goal being the comedy store was like so obsessive because every great comic has come out of the comedy store every amazing thing that we see 
in society today has come out of that place. But what I realized for myself is I learned a lot from the road as well and also just kind of following my own little path and going down pathways and following my intuition and going to places that other people may not have gone to or creating things that are different and weird and I'm going to continue to do that and as much as I love stand-up I also don't know where I'm going to end up and I've also been extremely honest with myself about that but as I committed to Austin and just said you know I'll go there for maybe a night or maybe I'll go back to Oklahoma City and stay with my friend Jake and work at a smaller comedy club and hostess there or wait tables or do what I need to do and just restart my comedy because if if I'm not funny enough then I'll figure out a way to get funny enough or I'll figure out my audience that does find my oddness funny um because I know I'm not for everyone I know I don't make jokes that you'll see on Comedy Central. I have a lot of weird things that run through this brain and I, you know, can be very, so there's a lot of restructuring with my voice that I'm doing right now. And even being in Austin for the last, what, three, four days, you know, I've gone to open mics and just started from scratch, really. Uh, I've got a couple things that I want to bring in from what I wrote in LA, but for the most part, I'm getting up with nothing. I'm walking on stage with nothing. I signed up last, uh, well, I started as last, but more people showed up at an open mic called the Lucky Duck. Uh, I was number 54 on the list, uh, four minutes per person. Some comics didn't show up, but, you know, being number 54 with the purpose of you are going up with zero. I had no agenda for the stage. I got up around one something in the morning and my goal was just, you've got to feel this pain and you've got to feel the the feeling of just keeping the ball rolling with zero material. And that's what I did. So I got up with zero material and I kept it moving. One thing I am very grateful for is being able to have a roof over my head while I'm here for the next month. And then once I figure that out, I will figure that out as I go forward. Um, But regarding LA as a whole, it is a town where it is the inclusive town. It is the exclusive place where stand-up is still going on. And uh, I just found that the changes with the clubs and how things change pretty much week to week was something that I had to really take strongly into account going ahead and moving ahead and really kind of seeing where it would be heading for me as somebody who does stand up to where power is right now. And I know that Uranus entered a retrograde phase on the 19th of August. Uh, The sun also had a really, or entered uh, the sign of Virgo And we did have a full moon on the same day earlier in the day um, on the 20th of August. And those were some big deciding factors as well. Um, As for the traveling aspect, it was really, really good to go back to 
the desert house that I I lived in when this podcast was birthed and for that I'm super grateful. I went back to 29 Palms to the desert lighthouse and was able to see the property um, at least one more time and see what's what's up with the property that I lived on and uh, that was that mushroom experience that created the Firewolf podcast that brought a lot of spiritual lessons. Um, I even think I recorded many podcasts there and uh, many videos, astrology videos were recorded there. And I just kind of walked around, said hi to my neighbors that were up there and made my way through 29 Palms and Joshua Tree out to Texas. And it is such a beautiful drive. And, you know, for those listening that can, I always recommend driving across you know, whatever country you can drive across because it is a spiritual journey. Um, There's no greater church (laughs) than driving alone in your car upon hours upon hours looking at nature. You are there with your thoughts and you're there uh, with basically your, your, your heart and your soul. And it was a journey that I had done earlier last or late last year with my friend John from Joshua Tree and that is you know it it was it was a beautiful drive but doing it alone was a very empowering drive because yes I didn't have my car uh yes I yes I have to kind of work my way up to financially stabilizing again But one thing I did learn is that it is time to change. And part of that change is something that will be part of the next chapter for this podcast, or at least for my life. Um, And I wanted to thank everybody for listening and have a great day. I'm adding a part three. So the part three that I'm not adding is I had a moment where, look, there's a lot riding on a lot of things that I do, mainly because there are a lot of people who have doubted me over the years. And in particular, it has to do with A lot of people from my home towns are from where I'm from and things that have been said to me over the years. Um, It's hard to shake when you get out of your hometown, but your mind is still there because you want to succeed Um, at a faster rate than what comedy allows you to do. You can't skip levels or steps. And I did get something when I was in LA that for me was a big deal, but it takes me back to when I started with Kill Tony around this time last year and I was going into 
uh, well, this was in September. It started, you know, last September and October of last year. And I was really committing to that. And I was really committing to something that I felt was denied of me uh, later on when I got to Austin. So a huge part of me returning to Austin has to deal with the fact that A, I lost a huge chunk of my confidence in Austin. And not from doing stand-up in Austin, but from maybe feeling humiliated in Austin, where a comparable, comparable moment happened again in LA last Tuesday, where I had to reassess something between something that happened at a show the Sunday before, and also being told, you know, you just don't have the funny down yet in LA, and saying to myself, and I know that I had to do three parts to this episode just to even get to this. But really asking myself, you know, all the years you've put in to stand up, all the things that you've put in, what really matters is being able to start from scratch. And the lessons that you learn building an act again. Uh, what really, what comics do I love and what do I love about stand up? is not what I was seeing in LA. A lot of the jokes were hackied to to begin with, with a lot of comics, and these are professional level comics starting out with where my vax stat, and then leading into where my Moderna, where my Pfizer, where my Johnson & Johnson, then the tag, and this is multiple comics, across the board the tag being about oh you got the johnson and johnson then tag out how the johnson and johnson's gonna be whack or you you're gonna have a baby with three eyes or and i'm i've heard this joke so much for the last fucking what three months that i was just getting to the point of like uh and then the delta variant hearing all the comics go into their bits about how, you know, they Delta, Spirit Airlines is the fucking... And yes, there are comics with videos of this out, but I'm telling you, for those who are listening that are not in the comedy world, I'd say I've heard comic after comic after comic say this opener. <laughs> and it is the new you know, take my wife. It is the new airline food. It just, you know, jokes about this. And, and the comics that I've gravitated towards over the years are Bill Hicks, you know, um, or Stan Hope or comics that then, you know, there's, you know, whatever. Um, but it, it's just that those comics who raise aware, Carlin, who a prior uh I mean I do want to say a huge per uh, prayer that I put out when I was in LA was um you know to to just understand my voice um even more and 
to to be supported by, you know, I believe in the divine, I believe in divine intervention. And one of the biggest pieces of divine intervention was that I have a roof over my head for a month, which a solid month of a roof over my head with a shower and a toilet. And it's been an experience just being able to redirect and regroup myself. Um, the cost of living for me uh, was tough because, you know, here I am. I was doing an hour and a half commute on the bus to Tarzana and back and saying to myself, this is worth it. This is the dream. This is once you get to this level, it's going to make sense. And I was asking myself, hold up, is this really the dream to hear these opener jokes again and again and again? Like it, that is the level you're striving for. Is that the level you're really striving for? Is that really what you want to say? You know, is that really how you want to be able to express yourself? Because that's what I would really rather talk about is working in a primate lab and all the bullshit that got, you know, came through with that or the fact that, you know, financial stability was my my goal for the year of 2021 learning about finances and self-worth and even the fact that when I got into my car accident that I was listening to a book called worth it and and really like saying I'm going to start a podcast about women and financial stability and how that is my biggest form of shame is money shame is my number one area of of complete and utter like oh my god I am so ashamed that at the age of 35 I don't know about mortgage rates I don't know about you know I depleted my savings account back in 2013 so that I could start stand-up comedy and all of the embarrassment that comes along with that and yet I'm sitting here on a bus at, you know, two in the morning coming home from one of the greatest comedy clubs in the world, um, working there and being able to do that and still wondering to myself, is this, is this it? You know, is this the end? Is this the end point that I want to get to, you know, and recognizing that maybe I'm in a I'm in a, a city that has to rebirth itself and it's not up to somebody like me to save, you know, help be a piece of that. Maybe it's up to me to go towards what I love, which is, you know, I love stand-up comedy, but maybe I'm, maybe I have to approach it from a way different angle of, I love traveling, I love meeting people, but I am very shy, and shy to the point that I'm not a Los Angeles level comic, meaning one of the things I noticed is I'm not very good in social situations, I never have been, I'm a person that hides in the corner, I would rather sit in the back and listen to comedy um, and learn that way, and it was getting harder and harder to find 
rooms so I do want to say shout out to the Laugh Factory for letting me in and for their staff there for letting me sit in the back whenever I wanted to and how much I've learned from that and and reminding myself how much the road actually does shape me um I'm scared I'm in Austin basically to work my ass off you know be able to do open mics but my goal is to get a car and get on the road again um I want a car to my name again I want to build my credit score up again which I checked my credit score in full disclosure to everybody my credit is 611 <laughs> that's where she's at today so I have a lot to work on um to just be and that's why I was having trouble getting a lease in my name in LA um because my credit has been completely demolished. You know, for those who have listened to this podcast, I had a science job at the beginning of the year. It's a huge piece of why I walked away was because, full disclosure, they did help. They did. They were part of a connection to Pfizer. So I was getting so much pressure at that job to take the vaccine, even though I was going to be working remote. Um, and just the pressure got me. Uh, I did have a meeting with upper management about how HIPAA is a law, how I worked with um, patients on, you know, at certain levels of my career in science, and how HIPAA is extremely important. This is why I continually question the scientific community and what I see that's going on. I don't know if I can talk about that in Texas, but I'm going to try my freaking best. And if I get laughed out of rooms, if I get asked to leave stages, if I get told I'm not funny, I'm going to keep working on it because I really think that it's a really important thing to say. And I don't know quite how to say it funny yet, but I'm going to work on it. Um, because my level of anger right now is so strong and I have a podcast about endometriosis. I did put something on Facebook. I took it down. I try not to use Facebook, um, that much anymore. I'm still trying to figure out where my place is in this whole, uh, tapestry of social media where I'm seeing, you know, shit go downhill, uh, real quick. And I, I, I don't know right now for those who listen, it's been a month away from this podcast and I did have somebody before I moved out of Maryland, I touched base with, with somebody from my past and they were like, you know, I'm so tired of you being a victim. I'm so tired of you acting like you're such a victim. And I, I really, really want to say, you know, that is why kind of also why I have stepped back from my podcast because it's like, I'm trying to be as real as possible, but I'm also, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, woe is me. You know, I, I have a lot of amazing things that have happened in life. I'm trying to share as much as I can, um, and be as authentic as possible, but it is a fine line of like, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but this is the journey of a comic and I'm mid journey. I'm not at, you know, 
a Rogan level of podcasting. I'm at an open micer, occasional bar show, occasional bones thrown at me level. So, you know, I'm still reconstructing. And yes, I am seven years in and I'm still digging at the open micer level. Um, you know, I've had some feature work. I was, you know, headlining in, in February. Was I headlining at like a headliner level? No, but I can say, you know, my last gig before my car accident, I can be really proud that that 30 minutes that I did was very flowy. It was, you know, and I've done 30 minutes before and it was very choppy. Um, you know, I rushed through my material and then you're kind of left with like sweating and like, where do I do next? But that last 30 minutes prior to my car accident was really, really, um, consistent. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't, you know, a comedy special, but it was, it was a working comic set. And I'm really proud of that. And I can say that if I ever get there again, or if I never get there again, you know, I was struggling with two minutes clean every Tuesday at the Laugh Factory open mic. I was, I was given the okay that I could return every Tuesday for that mic, um, which is such a gift for comics. But what I realized is with the work that I was doing and the timing and the slotted paid mic system in LA and being unable to do bucket mics because of my schedule and my commute on the bus, which I'll get to that at some other point. It was, it was getting very dangerous as a woman out there at night walking by myself through between from the Laugh Factory to Tarzana. Um, so I do say, you know, for comics listening that want to go out there, especially if you're a woman, you do need a car. I really, really recommend it. You need a car for safety. Um, I rarely say that it was just, or you need to carry something, um, because it was getting really dangerous. And I've lived in LA before and been followed by cars and bikes and stuff. And I'm not a particularly attractive woman at all. I'm a 35 year old woman. So for me to have um, that happen is also like indicative of what I was seeing changing. You know, I was getting a lot of car follows um, solicited for prostitution. I have a joke about it. <laughs> a couple times I was solicited for prostitution. Now I've been solicited for prostitution before um, when I lived in <laughs> when I lived in Harlem, but it was so funny like to me at the time, this was a lot different. It was a lot different vibe. It was very much like, I wish I had something on me other than my prayers and my, uh, my southpaw because I, I, I saw a lot of change and, uh, it, there are a lot of experiences I've had in LA. Like I learned to walk parallel streets to main streets. I, tr uh, I learned to, you know, how to survive. I treated things as a combat zone, um, especially at night. And, uh, 
I learned to take alternative walking routes, but that is another piece, and then a, a, another piece I can't get on to, into on here involved just another potential violent situation. So a huge piece of my a huge piece of my uh, decision making had to deal with potential uh, things that I could see for changes in the future. And I don't know what, what's going to become of LA, but I do know that the positives of Austin for me at this time, at this level of comedy that I'm at, if I were a boom and headliner, of course, and when I was able to keep a consistent roof over my head and had the money for at least taking lifts everywhere or, um, you know, a car, I would con definitely, LA would probably be a no-brainer. If I had a perfect world, my world would be I would own a house in Joshua Tree and just commute into LA and do the road and just fly out of the desert, you know. But that it's not a perfect world right now. And uh, that's just where I'm at right now. Where can I get the maximum amount of stage time? I live for a quarter of the cost that I was living in in LA. I was paying five ninety five a week um, for an Airbnb. And, uh, it, it, there were other, there, you know, living decisions on where I need to live at this time in my life versus living decisions on where I could live two years ago are also a huge factor because my living decisions were based off of being as safe as I could for COVID. I can't live in a hostel anymore because of, you know, I want to be as safe as I can for COVID. Um, you know, I've lived in hostels that were $16 a night where roaches would walk over my face, you know, um, where a guy would be in a curtain jerking off across cause I was in like a curtain sort of hostel hospital sort it looked like a hospital, but you know, curtained off with, 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 uh, which futons I've lived in that before where, you know, 20 people are sharing a bathroom. But I was looking for Airbnbs where it was COVID friendly, where they were clean, where I could have a semi-private bathroom, where things were really safe. And that, you know, what I could do was an Airbnb in Tarzana. Um, now for where I'm living in Austin is for one month what I was paying for for one week with my, with a bathroom and privacy. So, you know, for comics that do want to consider LA, there's, there's a lot to consider. Um, I've done a lot of things wrong. I've made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes are made in the moment. You know, if you're going to save $10,000 and move to LA, it's a different story. Um, and I, I salute you on that, but this is where I'm at. Um, at this time and it took me three parts to even get to as honest as I can on this um, you know I, I'm honest throughout the podcast but this much that I really want to share um, so you know this is the journey 
I don't know what my podcast schedule is going to be. It's really indicative of my living scenario. And um, I am trying to work to save for a car. So a lot of my energy and efforts are going to go towards, you know, keeping an open mic schedule along with being able to save for a vehicle. That is my number one. To me, that equals comedy freedom. And it it's just the most amount of freedom I've ever had was being able to go where I wanted to go when I wanted to go. So I've got to get my, my, credit, my credit score built up. I've got to get my savings account built up. And once I do that again, the confidence will come back. Um, for a lot of people, they say, you know, money doesn't mean anything. Well, I owe a lot of people uh, a lot over these years. Over these seven years that I've done stand-up comedy, um, a lot of people have stepped in and helped me. And that does include my family. And that does include a lot of friends in my life. But because of that, I have to... I gave LA three months where I said, you've got to turn this around, but a huge piece of this has to make sense for the long term. And the universe stepped in. So thank you for listening to the spiritual travels of a firewolf. And I really appreciate those who have. I mean, I don't have a lot of listeners, but it seems to have a consistent amount. So for those of you who do listen, thank you for sticking with me on this journey and stay blessed and lots of love.